Chris Jericho. You stand in front of a bunch of B's so you look like an A, you wrestle a bunch of A's so you don't look like a B, and when it comes to elevating the town around you, Christopher, I'm gonna have to give you a big fat F. The Jericho rub. It apparently consists of intentionally trying to wrestle against people the fans already want to see and then claiming their popularity is all because of you. Just gonna throw some examples out there. I don't know. Kenny Omega, Hangman Adam Page, Cody Rhodes, John Moxley, Orange Cassidy, and now, moi. For 30 years, you've been outsmarting every single person who's crossed your path. That is, team at me. I'm the one guy you couldn't outsmart. I'm the one guy you couldn't hold underneath your thumb. And why is that? It's because I'm Maxwell Jacob Friedman. And I'm not great for 25. No, actually, Chris, that's horseshit! I'm great, period. When you were 25, you were curtain jerking on Worldwide. Me, I'm a top guy, and I'm hanging around top guys. We are the best faction in professional wrestling today. The pinnacle, not the inner circle. And we are also all winners. But how about you prove me wrong, Chris? Instead of sending out that stooge yours, Mike Tyson, to sucker punch my brothers in arms, you send out your family, I send out mine, and you beat us. And Chris, for the sake of pride and pride alone, please try to beat me, because Lord knows I'm gonna be trying to do the same. So if you got one thing right in that cute little immortal promo of yours, it's that I am a mark. But I'm not a mark for you. I'm a mark for your spot. And on May 5th at Blood and Guts, along with my family, I'm gonna take it! Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay! Because my name is Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my God, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick. <laughs> I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games. Let a war. War game. Your impressions. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like, like a, a dog. dog. <laughs> oh, 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 jinx. Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we go. Fear does not exist on this podcast, does it? No, it doesn't. Welcome back. Top of Wrestling Podcast is here and ready to go. And this week we are, man, I'm excited to be talking about this week's reliving Monday Night Wars. Automatically, that's one of the very first things I can't wait to talk about because we got kind of a, a double header, if you will, when it comes to that, because we had a pay-per-view and the Monday Night Wars themselves, so we're going to be talking about that, we're going to be talking about Impact's Slammiversary, we are going to be having some good shit from NWA, but can't, again, you guys know, if you listen to this show, I'm not going to dive in too deep until we bring the master of movies in here, ODM. Get him a body bag, yeah! Sweep the leg. I, can't. I had to come hard with that one. <laughs> yeah, that's what she said. Uh, dude, honestly, that's such a such a great line. And 
as you guys know, we, we were not going to give it away, not until next week. I'm sure if you've seen this movie at least once in your life, you already know that line and where it's from. Last week may have been a tougher one for some people. Last week yeah, man. was a Bronx tale. And you want to know why it, it might have been tough for people? Because nobody cares. Nobody cares. All right. But <laughs> this week we are going to be on probably one of the, the better sagas. Of, uh, okay. eh, equivalent to Star Wars. <laughs> no, I uh, amazing movies, I think. But also, recently into a, a little hint, a, a, a TV show as well um, on Netflix. So we'll just kind of go as far as that. But always, thank you guys for listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, Spotify. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe, like, and share. I'm just so freaking excited to be talking about the match that nobody cared about. Let's go ahead and talk about it, ODM. What happened this past weekend? Well, I mean, if you want, I can run down the Impact Wrestling Rebellion 2021 pay-per-view card real quick. I don't think there's too much we need to do. I like on. that. That sounds great. Yeah, well, let's run through it real quick. Josh, Ale- Josh Alexander defeated Ace Austin and TJP for the X Division Championship. Violet, by design, who had to have his tag team partner, Eric Young, replaced at the last minute by W. Morrissey, a.k.a. Kaz XL, a.k.a. he's seven feet tall and you can't teach that. Showing up in Impact looks like a million bucks. Hopefully, he's got his shit together, and I mean that in a very positive way. Um, but they defeated Eddie Edwards. Doesn't look soft. Yeah, does not look soft, no. Um, yeah, Brian Myers defeated Matt Cardona. Uh, Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering defeated Fire in Flava for the Knockouts Tag Team Championships. Uh, Trey Miguel defeated Sammy Callahan on the Last Man Standing match. Finn Juice defeated the Good Brothers for the Impact World Tag Championships. That's uh, that's pretty big, especially given the things, uh, way things played out. I kind of figured they'd hold them just to kind of keep that centralized. No, on they're, them, but... they're still keeping it going. So, you know, everybody has their focus on, you know, the main event, but let's not forget that Finn Juice is from New Japan. Yeah. We have to talk about that. That's huge. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It was one of those things that when I was looking at there, because listen, I'll be quite honest, I did not watch the pay-per-view. Uh, but when I was reading the results, I'm like, Finn Juice, I'm like, I'm like, that's all right. They did go over to Impact for a little bit. So, I mean, it's certainly, um, you know, it's interesting. I think, you know, when we talk about the crossover, we, we focus on AEW and New Japan. But by, you know, forgetting that Impact's in it, I mean, there's still, there's more crossover. Right. So, I mean, I guess that's a good thing. Right. little overlap. There's nothing wrong with that, uh, especially with Finn Juice. It's a great, 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 uh, you know, two great wrestlers. So, you know, even though Impact may not have the visibility, uh, it's still more ex- exposure. So we should be happy about that. Uh, Diano Perazzo, uh, formerly of NXT, defeated Tennille Dashwood for the Knockouts Championship. So, you know, again, you know. We're we're getting more exposure to people that we weren't seeing before, so that's that's nothing but good. And then, of course, the main event with two referees, one representing Impact, one representing AEW. Kenny Omega, as expected, is becoming the collector. 
And it's even cooler because if you think about it, Impact technically has two belts as part of their unified championship, the TNA and Impact World Championships. On top of that, he is the AEW champion and the AAA champion. Kenny Four Belts, it is beginning. Ultimo Dragon did it better. <laughs> yes, he did. The one with his arms out okay, with all so, the belts hanging off. I love that. Um, uh, yeah, we all knew it was going to happen. But I got to be honest, coming out of that pay-per-view, I can't say that that was the absolute most shocking part of the pay-per-view. I think we all knew Kenny was going to win it. But the promo. Yeah. Did you hear about it? I did, yeah. I didn't put it in the Slammiversary's <laughs> promo. And saying, I can't remember, something like we're at it again or something like that. But shows the likes of former uh, Impact talent. And that talent includes Chelsea Green, Mickey James, Samoa Joe. And one more that you would not expect to see on Impact Television, especially Jesus, how they treated this man years and years ago. Kazuchika Okada. They showed his face. Were they just fucking with us? Because, hey, everything they showed you was Impact property. TNA property. It was video footage. You can put it up anytime you want to. Ring of Honor throws out uh, CM Punk and Brian Danielson matches and all that shit all the time, right? You can because it's your footage. Are they doing it to fuck with us? Or, now here's the big thing. Slammiversary is in July. And if you haven't done the math, July is 90 days. the end. The, exactly. Oh, my God. So my hopes, man, oh, man, could you imagine something like, all right, this is just, again, this is where I fantasy book a lot of stupid shit, but, like, just some form of a revolution, both Okada and Joe coming into Impact, and, oh, my, just everything, man. I mean, but also having Omega there. You know, did we talk last week about Punk said that, yeah, yeah, we did, about if Punk... Punk said if Will Ospreay's still holding the title uh, within a certain amount of time, he'll he'll maybe do it too. There's also been talk, and I'm going to jump into our news a little bit here. There's been talk of Brian Danielson, a.k.a. Daniel Bryan, possibly being done with his contract with WWE. But he said he wants to continue wrestling. Doesn't want to do it on a full-time basis because he likes being a father. The question is... Do we see him show up? I'm not saying Punk. I, I I can't keep giving Punk that opportunity anymore. But do you think Danielson, Joe, Okada, maybe Punk, I don't know. But you think they all start to get in the mix of all the stuff and kind of really make a real, no, no pun intended, a real impact? Because WWE is drowning right now in everything they do. It's nothing's good. Like the only reason WrestleMania was successful is because you had the opportunity to to have people there at the event. And a, a good chunk of it, I mean, you may, they still made stupid booking decisions, like making the Bellas beat up Bailey, the most over woman on your division. 
You know what I mean? So, I don't know. What are your thoughts? What happens? Do you think Brian Danielson, or Danny Bryan, moves on to somewhere else? Does he stay with WWE? And do you also think Joe Nokata show up to impact? Yeah, man, listen, never put passion before principle. Even if win, you lose. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think uh, <laughs> I catch you off guard with that one. You're the best around, man. <laughs> Nothing's going to ever keep you down. <laughs> Nothing's going to ever keep you down. That, I will say, is one of the best <laughs> montage musics, music ever. Ever. I love it. And they do it on Family Guy, too, so, you know, you can't lose with that. Um, With Daniel Bryan, I certainly see him doing more indie stuff. And we can keep Impact and AEW on the top end of indie on that. I I, I think he wants to just be a freelancer, right? That's what he wants. He wants to get away from, you know, the big schedule and... And just probably he wants to do more fun things. And certainly the opportunity to wrestle people like Okada or Joe outside of the WWE holds a lot of, you know, th- there's there's people that are, you know, that'll fork over money to see that. I know I'm on that list, you know, even though they may be older, even though they may be at the end of their careers, it's outside of the WWE umbrella. You know, people like two people like that being able to work together would be great. Something to think about, last year when we had our Black Wednesday releases, Impact did something very similar to this, where they teased the people Mm -hmm. that were leaving. Uh, Some of it came to fruition, some of it didn't, Um, but uh, you never know. The only one that really didn't come to fruition was Drave Maverick or Jake Matt, whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah, that's Uh, true, because Matt Cardona ended up showing there. Yeah. Eric Young ended up showing up. Rich Schwann ended up. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a little harder. I think the names are a little bit bigger this time, especially with, well, with Joe and then with, you know, Daniel Bryan. Uh, Apparently his contract is up very, very soon. So it'll be interesting. Uh, We're in a weird place, man, because, you know, with AEW, it's really just become WCW. And Impact, do we want to watch Impact just to get a glimpse? Uh, You know, Joe, I would. Joe, I definitely would. Um, but I don't know, man, it's, it's really hard because yeah, I want to, it's really hard. I don't know if it's part Rona or if it's just the way of the world, but I feel like with the way things have been happening lately, there was, you know, we started off our first episode by saying it's a good time to be a wrestling fan. And now I feel like it's, (laughs) we've got all this opportunity and it's just, we're not excited about it. So (laughs) it's such a good time to be a wrestling fan. We're reliving 1996 (laughs) as we speak. (laughs) Right. Pretty much. It's almost more fun reliving 1996. So yeah, man, I don't know. I'm going to temper expectations. Um, You know, listen, if we get a few matches from Daniel Bryan outside of WWE, uh, I'm in. I'd love to see him. I'd love to see who he's going to work with. He's not going to – I don't think he's necessarily going to be the guy that's going to put over talent. Um, But, you know, um, there's a lot of opportunity Well, he's got a career-deciding match this coming – kind of career-deciding. Either he's done with SmackDown or WWE, whatever it is. Up against Roman Reigns this coming Friday yep. on SmackDown. So who knows where that goes. If I were Impact, I would show no mercy. Mercy is for the weak. Here on the streets, a man confronts you. 
He is the enemy, and the enemy deserves no mercy. What is the problem, Mr. Rizzo? <laughs> All right, let's move on, because we got some <laughs> other news here that I do want to talk about. I got to say, the, the first one here. All right, I don't get why she's back and then all of a sudden suspended. Charlotte Flair. Are they really pulling that angle there that they, you know, it's she's suspended? Yeah, I mean, it's all kayfabe, man. I mean, you know, let's be honest. Um, but ultimately, so it, and, and actually, you know, <laughs> for as kayfabe as we kind of figured it was, it just kind of brings a lot more, so much drama in the WWE. I've never come or, up with the second Vince part of that. Or, as Vince likes to call it, W-E. W-E, yes. W-E! Uh, so, basically, what happened was, uh, you know, she was suspended right after she came back. Um, yeah, I'm going to leave the narrative out of this. I was about to go somewhere. Uh, so, basically, Meltzer reported on, you know, on the on the wrestling newsletter or on the, on the podcast that uh, basically she was going to be out uh, to have some dental work. It was a very short clip. You can look it up. I mean, it was really like a minute long, uh, basically saying, you know, she's, you know, it's kayfabe. She's going to have dental work. So they're just writing her off for a second. Uh, and basically, uh, you know, uh, Charlotte Flair had tweeted something. Somebody responded and said, oh, well, Meltzer said you're getting dental work done. And, and Charlotte had a response. She had a couple. I'll give you the, the main one. Uh, she said, quote, yeah, I just listened. I thought uh, Dave Meltzer would have learned his lesson last time commenting about women's bodies, uh, referencing Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. Uh, but apparently I'm fair game face with rolling eyes emoji. Uh, so I get to respond again to a rumor about my body again. You know what? This is when I stop. Dave, go to hell. So, you know, he's this a pushy one, little bastard. This one, but yeah. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Oh man. <laughs> it's cause they, you have a, an uncanny knack for just derailing my train of thought. I'm. You're welcome. I was ready. I I was even trying to come up with a quote, but uh, hey, hey, I like that. I like that, Johnny. I'm gonna use it. <laughs> I love Mr. Silver. I love Mr. Silver. Oh my God! I <laughs> whoa, whoa! <laughs> I'm sure that went over real well by. You think that funny, this. old man? What I was gonna say. Man can't breathe, can't fight. Man can't stand, can't fight. No, what I was going to bring up is that, like many podcasts before us have said, fuck Dave Meltzer. And I'm glad that wrestlers are starting to kind of feel that way too. And especially for her saying, you know, go to hell. Yeah, you're fucking with the queen. And I'm not just giving her that name because it's the name that they gave her on TV. She's the barrier, man. Like, she's a 13-time champion, right? Like, she's tied with fucking John Cena, I think, for championships. All she's the best but around. She... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing keeps her down. <laughs> However, did you see Andrade's tweet? I did not. How did I miss that? Because <laughs> people on Twitter are being trolls as you already know and talking shit and body shaming her and saying that she's had work done whatever it was who gives a fuck it's her choice Andrade basically went to her defense saying go fuck yourself or whatever but there was a couple of pictures of her 
but one of them was her laying on a beach in a bikini, and all you see is his hand on her ass cheek squeezing. <laughs> that was the whole picture. Just, just that, and I go, good for you, bro. Good That's for awesome. you, man. Like that, that good. I just, I saw that, and I was like, you're the man. <laughs> out of this whole, <laughs> out of this whole thing. Good for you. If you did that in WWE, you'd been fired. So it's a good thing you already fire me. He's already fired. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it's funny because Meltzer's such a, a Flair fanboy. You thought he'd treat Charlotte with a little more respect. Again, I think this one's a little more ambiguous as opposed to the, the Peyton Royce, uh, Billy Kay one. That one was creepy. Um, this one's a little more ambiguous. But yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Yeah, it's, it's an unfortunate side effect, and you can. You know, you can blame social norms. You can also blame the attitude error for a lot of it. But you know, for for, for female wrestlers, that's uh, it's hard enough to get the respect and you know the airtime that the male wrestlers get. But at the same time, there's all the other shit that goes with it. And you know, without sounding like a creepy old man, uh, when Charlotte returned, she looked like a million bucks. She looked like a million bucks. Yeah, there, there shouldn't be any. No, and you know what you I know? was I, I was gonna say. It's funny that you say that, you know the attitude error and stuff. You know, as a as a kid, when I was in that era watching it, we're talking 12, 13, 14, 15, you would have thought that I was pretty fucking excited to see pillow fights and lingerie fights and stuff like that. And it's like, it's cool on the off chance you get to see a nip slip maybe, but at the very best, <laughs> like, it was stupid, man. You know what I mean? Like, it was just absolutely, it was like... Even back then, we all knew it was bullshit. Even as kids, we're like, well, this is the bathroom break. Don't need to watch this. Now, right. I'll skip guys' wrestling matches to watch Charlotte Flair. Just a side note. You know what I mean? Like the she, Yeah. I mean, let's let's be honest. Uh, her match with Rhea Ripley last year at WrestleMania was probably the best match of the whole weekend. Without a doubt. So, yeah, she's, she's, so, she's fantastic. What other news we got? All right, all right. Uh, well, I do have one bit of piece of news. It's not wrestling related, but uh, shout out to my son Xavier. It is his 16th birthday today, or this past Monday, depending Woo-hoo. on when you're listening to it. So, just wanted to throw that out there. Happy birthday, brother! Woohoo! Um, Uncle yeah, professor. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. His uh, his girlfriend bought him a pair of Nikes. It's something I never experienced as a kid. Wait, yeah, I know. Wait, hang on. His girlfriend brought bought him a pair of Nikes. <laughs> yeah, I had girlfriends at his age buying me like CDs. Now they've upgraded to shoes. Oh, I grew yeah, up I in a know, different man. fucking era. Yeah, Didn't I get grew a girl up in to give me a right pair of Jordans. So <laughs> I don't know if they probably wore Jordans. Who the fuck knows? Um. So and he's playing his bass right now. So it, you know, if you hear a little reverb on the audio, my apologies. I forgot to remind him. He just got the amp, so I didn't think about that. Um, all right. So hey, sometimes you, know, you got to strike first and strike hard. <laughs> you got a problem with that? Uh, so, <laughs> you know, no sooner did we start the uh, recapping the Monday Night Wars, and then we get some terrible, terrible news that our favorite uh, whipping boy. Mongo McMichael, Steve Mongo McMichael, McMichael has been diagnosed with ALS. Um, it's pretty bad. It's pretty rough when you see uh, the shape that he's in. But, you know, one thing that I will say is that he's still smiling, and it seems like he's taking the opportunity to make the most of it and educate people and uh, put out some good vibes. So uh, shout out to Mongo, man, as much as we like to make fun of him. And we, we will continue to do so. Um, you know, I hope everything works out for him. And, uh, you know, like I said, he's putting a good word out there. You know, he's fighting a positive fight. So, you know, more power to him. 
I don't, uh, I, I, I could not believe it was even him when I was looking at the picture. I zoomed in as best as I could, and it was a picture of him, and I believe his wife is probably the one that was there with him. Right. We're in a Team Mongo shirt, and it was just, I looked at him, I go, oh my God. God, it doesn't look like him. it looked more like an aging Lanny Poffo before it looked anything like Mongo. And I was like, oh, my God. And I actually said to myself, I go, well, there goes some of the fun in Monday Night Wars for us, like reliving it. But all right, as long as you're going to still get. No, <laughs> honestly, our, our prayers go out to him. I that sucks, man. I to see someone who is such a, a giant football star, a big wrestler. Maybe not the best wrestler, but yeah. a big guy. <laughs> right. And he looks like smaller than Finn Baylor right now. It's it's sad. Yeah, it's terrible. But again, you know, it seems like he's fighting a good fight. So uh good role model, something something to look up to. Um next piece of news is strictly in here as a shout out to Nightwing. Uh, I'm not going to go into depth in it. We don't need to discuss it, but Nightwing, this one's for you. Vince McMahon thinks a physical WWE Hall of Fame would be a waste of money per Dave Meltzer. So there's that. Because he even knows that Hall of Fame is bullshit. He's like, no one's going to pay money to go come see Drew Carey, Coco Beware. People probably would, actually. <laughs> Damn, maybe I would. I don't know. Uh, you know what? With Shatner, I might. Kind of cool. Um, yeah. You know what? Speaking of my right, travels, I'm skipping to the very bottom of news. This shit bothers me so bad. Every fucking time I plan to put myself in a state. <laughs> you weren't going to be there with anyway. With the RV. Hang on. Every time I plan to put myself in a state with the RV, I stay there. And then when I leave, that is when WWE's like, and this is where WrestleMania is going to be this year. They have announced, and while I'm fucking sitting in Arizona as we speak, they've announced SummerSlam is either going to be in Texas or Arizona. By the way, Texas is not that far of a drive from here, and I'm in Arizona. They're saying it's Phoenix. It's an hour and a half drive from where I'm at right now. Could go to SummerSlam. Not going to be there. I'm going to be back home in New York with you, uh, taping Heroes of Wrestling, our watch-along that's coming later this season. But God damn it, man. I could have went to SummerSlam. It's like a dream for me. Yeah, it, it. it sounds like uh, you're having a... Uh, it, I was going to say, it sounds like you're having a, a little bit a uh, hard time forgiving WWE. And let me tell you, for a person with no forgiveness in his heart, living is even worse punishment than death. Well, you know what they say. This year for me is just a cruel summer. It's a cruel. No, I got gotcha. you. Okay, Bananarama. All right. Personally, hey, I heard walk can like. Can we the... talk? I'm. Look, I'm gonna skip around on our news here for just half of a course, second. Of course, of course. I gotta skip for. Look at man. I didn't know what I was going to say anyway. Fuck you. But can we talk about the firing? Look at some firings I don't like. You fire Samoa Joe. I got beef with you. You fire an employee who sends a legend in women's wrestling her shit in a body bag or a garbage bag. Are you shitting me? Mark Carano 
was fired by WWE. Good job. And now more allegations are coming out about this dude, like sexual harassment, shit like that. Eugene, Nick Dinsmore brought it up on Twitter. This guy's a real fucking piece of shit, apparently, and he's just, this firing in the trash bag was just like the beginning of it. Wow. Yeah, I, didn't, I haven't heard any further allegations, but yeah, the whole thing is suspect. Um, so basically, you know, the only thing that I wrote down, uh, you know, was that uh, Mickey, I saw the tweet when it came out. Um, you know, she tweeted a photo of the garbage bag and wrote, and she tagged Vader Mc, Vince McMahon and said, Dear Vince McMahon, I'm not sure if you're aware. I did receive my WWE care package today. Thank you. Hashtag always blessed and grateful. Hashtag women's wrestling matters. Uh, Stephanie actually replied, uh, so did Triple H, both saying that this is nobody deserves this treatment and the person responsible has been fired. So, yeah, man. Um, you know, I heard Cornette talking about it, and Carano's been around since then, you know, in a smaller capacity, but, uh, yeah, it, it's fucked up. I mean, you know, th- there's a lot of ways I suppose you could talk, try to talk your way out of it, but ultimately somebody of that stature. I mean, listen, nobody deserves that. Nobody deserves that. But of all people, Mickey James, no. She she came in there and she put people over for, what, two, three years? Did nothing but put people over. Yeah, I don't over. think she won she a took match. The eclipse. Yeah, she took the eclipse from uh, Ember Moon. Like the be- She took the best eclipse ever. I mean, she sold it perfectly. Yep. Um, she's fan. She's she's great in the ring. You can say whatever you want about her. You know, entrance into the WWE. Uh, given the time, uh, she proved herself time and time again after that, though. So, first of all, Mickey James makes you want to wax on, wax off. <sighs> Jesus Christ! Did that one not work? So, um, no, I really do want to say. It is shitty. No one really deserves that. Yo, go back on our movies from a couple of weeks back. Tommy Boy, I mean, that's how he traveled was his shit in a garbage bag. Like, how do you really send someone's shit back home like that? I mean, granted, maybe it was still inside of a box, but in a garbage bag, like, you really could. I don't know. Like, it's just, that's messed up, man. Again, for, but is that how he just views women's wrestling? And I and I say that because she made a point to say hashtag women's wrestling, and there are allegations coming out that he was kind of a sexual harasser, allegedly. He looks like a toucher. Yeah, he does. I don't know. Sounds like a piece of shit, but yeah, poor Mickey James. Well, all right, now you can go on with the rest of the news. I just wanted to say I was happy to hear about firing. <laughs> Hey, no, man, you, you were obviously passionate about it. So, uh, you know, well, very passionate. you got to speak your mind about it. Uh, Daniel Bryan, uh, you had mentioned it. Um, you know, his time in WWE or wrestling might be coming to an end. Uh, he did an interview with BT Sport, uh, uh, and I'm just going to read some quotes. Uh, it, it, there's a, a few of them, so but I think it's going to give you uh, some insight, and I think it's interesting. Uh, he said, uh, it was really bizarre, just really, really bizarre, Brian said. I mean, it's been nine days now since it happened, and it's taken me time to fully process what the experience was like because it wasn't like a normal thing. It was really weird. I felt very out of body in it. It was so weird. When, I, when I'm when i wrestling, I feel everything, and I feel like I'm in, really enjoying it. That was weird. It was almost like I felt detached. And it was like I was out there, and it was so strange, in fact, that before the match started, I got this really weird feeling, and I was like, oh, no, is this what is this what it's like before you die? Am I going to die? And I was like, huh, well, okay. If that happens, that happens. 
Uh, but it was just really bizarre feeling, and I don't know why or how that happened, but it was unlike pretty much anything I've ever felt like wrestling before. Uh, I haven't watched it back yet, to be honest. I don't know if I'm. Wa- I don't know if watching it back would really help figure out why I was so detached. I'm not a bigger believer in like signs. Most people think of me as this hippy dippy kind of thing because I'm an environmentalist, but I'm really not. I really love science and reality based things. So it was interesting, but it was like maybe it's a sign that it's time to let go of being a full time wrestler which is kind of what I've been thinking for a while. The odd detachment was like, whoa, either I'm going to die or maybe this is just a sign that it isn't the same type of fulfilling thing it was before. It's interesting. I don't know. I just said I'm not this hippy-dippy, but I've been trying to meditate on it and talk to friends that I'm close with like, hey, what is that? Interesting. It is interesting, and I'm like, the only thing I could think of as to why he would have felt detached is there was just a lot of... I think there was some negativity that was out there online from people who were shitting on the fact that he was inserted into this main event. Just kind of like how he was inserted into the one main event, but the one year he deserved it. And people were like, did he really deserve it this year? Um, or was he just put in there to make it make Roman look strong? I don't know. I, I don't right. know why he would have felt detached, man. Maybe he just... Maybe it's one of those things like, holy shit, I am main eventing WrestleMania, the final night, and I don't feel excitement. Maybe he's, it's like he's going through the motions almost when it comes to WWE. It's a sinking ship, dude. WWE just sucks. Two nights of WrestleMania sucked. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, two more things. Uh, AEW Blood and Guts might be a one match show per Dave Meltzer. Oh, sorry about that. Do, do you want a two hour War Games match in AEW? Well, the way I look at it is you could really be smart about it is in the very beginning, the first half hour promo is both teams in the locker room promos, uh, things like that. And then between the big entrances, all that, and then maybe a little bit of aftermath. Yeah, I, I, I think it'll be all right. I, I, I mean, most War Games matches will go about 45 minutes to an hour. Who knows how this is going to play out. Yeah, and this is just per Meltzer, so this may not even necessarily be the case, but... uh. <clears throat> they've already kind of screwed up this whole lead up. At least last time they were at least a little bit closer to a blow off match than they were now. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Right now um, it's just taking your, all, your two best stables and just putting them in there because they're pretty much your two best stables. It, but yeah, as opposed yeah, they're to rushing like said, last year, there was that build up. Yep. Uh, the only thing I left that I want to brought up is uh, something that related to last week when we were talking about, you know, the timing of the firings them being around the same time. I did talk to my wife about it. And the one thing that she did mention, you know, I, I had said something about it being the end of the first quarter. Um, but uh, the other thing is that, uh, you know, when reviewing your year end financials, uh, so when as WWE is evaluating their 2020 uh, financial statements, that takes a few months. Uh, to compile, collate, and, you know, analyze all that data. So it could be that beginning of April, they finally had that full 2020 report, and they're like, huh, we got to cut some dead weight here. 
Uh, so that's probably likely what that timing is. Why it was on the 15th both days, I don't know. Because uh, they were different days of the week, uh, so I, that I can't say. Uh, but WWE did report its first quarter results. Uh, it posted a revenue of $263.5 million in quarter one. Uh, but even though that's a lot of money to me and you, that's a decrease of 9% or $27.5 million. Uh, it's been attributed to lack of WWE ticketed live events and you know, basically the Saudi events. So, uh, but they obviously attempted to make up for it by letting a bunch of people go. So there's that. Well, I think it's probably just Vince being like, ha, let's do it on tax day. That'll be funny. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be good shit. (laughs) Oh, that's a good idea. Nobody in the whole building but us, Nightwing. Wing. Eh? It's Nightwing. Really? Huh. Guess I was thinking of that goofy mullet you used to have. Yeesh, that was like a whole decade of bad hair days. This is such good shit. Hey everybody, this is Nightwing. I'm getting used to this new format, so bear with me and I'm going to just try to do this without rambling too much. But first thing I want to talk to you guys about this week is the new A&E shows that are on that network. I am absolutely in love with the biography. I know I came to you a few weeks ago and said that I wanted to and was very interested in the Most Wanted Treasure show, but the biography show, they are doing such a great job on it. I know they're doing it basically in the same format in the ESPN 30 for 30 format, but it is absolutely good. It's presented in a very good way, and I mean, it's very respectful to the talent. Now, the next thing I want to talk to you guys about is that whole wrestling week, you know, from NXT with AEW sitting on top of it, going into SmackDown, you know, the WrestleMania two nights, Monday Night Raw after Mania, and then the new day of NXT. You know what? That was such a good week of wrestling. Now, as a fan, as a mark in this moment, I will go ahead and say it. I'm a little disappointed that we didn't get many big surprises, especially in NXT or the the uh, Mania shows. It is what it is. Now, I want to drop a little bit of that analysis on you guys right now. And the biggest thing on my analysis point that I want to talk about is the writing. Now, if you know, if you've heard me on the radio show, you know I've been a bit a big advocate. For years and saying that the writing team in NXT and the writing team and on the main roster shows, they need a draft or a shuffle or whatever you want to call it more than talent does because those guys know these talents are developing. And I, I swear that the freaking main roster talent does not watch what's going on in NXT. So they have no clue what to do with those guys when they come up there. I do think that they did book Bianca Belair, right? And she's like the biggest success story from NXT coming up right now. Overall, they need to do something. They need to they need to shake it up up there. Love it, NWA. Very much appreciated. Can't wait to hear some more good shit in two more weeks. But you know what we forgot to do just a couple of minutes ago? I forgot. I forgot to set the table. Just bring it, bitch! Oh my god! So for this week's bring it to the table on the professor side, of course I did it again where I I, I put my notes in there and I told you what mine was going to be, but apparently you like to make me wait until we get here to see what your bring it to the table is. But 
I couldn't wait to talk about it, and it's okay that you already know what it is, ODM. The Pinnacle promo. Let's talk about this. Now, I didn't know that they were dubbing Chris Jericho's promo from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, what were they? Oh, man, I, now I just lost what it was like the infamous promo, something like that. It was like a, it was a, they named it something. Was it the back and, in black promo? Because that's how I remember it being referenced to. No, I can't remember what it, they they named it in the Pinnacle promo itself. But Wardlow and MJF are the only two to talk in this entire thing. Rest of the group just sitting there. And let me ask you, did you get to see this promo? I did not. Oh, <gasps> that's okay because as you're finding out in post production, it's what opened our show today. <laughs> but. <laughs> MJF, best promo I have ever heard from him. Wardlow was great because Wardlow said, it, it, here's what I like about a good promo. Something that is, if you pick on something real, I'm not saying mock necessarily, but during Chris Jericho's promo, it was nearly flawless. And he actually did screw up a little bit in his words when he started talking about Wardlow. I even remember it. Wardlow goes, the reason you slipped up and started stuttering during that part is because you knew once my name came out of your mouth, you messed up. And I go, oh, that just made him credible as fuck. And then MJF, the best part of the promo is him saying, I'm not that good at 25, that's horseshit. Because at 25, you were curtain jerking on worldwide. Wow. MJF may end up being one of my favorite heels of all time just because of how well he sells being a heel, a dick, a complete piece of shit. This promo was outstanding. He probably if is. have not had the chance to... <laughs> Yeah, it probably is. That's true. If you have not had the opportunity to watch this promo, please go out of your way. Uh, it is on YouTube. I did see it there as well. Uh, it's the entire Pinnacle group sitting there with Jim Ross. But ODM, what is your table broading? Yeah. Table broading? <laughs> First, wax a table. Uh, I'm going to stick with AEW. Up. <laughs> Down. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stick with AEW. Uh, Christian Cage had a match with um, Powerhouse Hobbs. Um, you know, you and I, uh, when the first time we saw Powerhouse Hobbs, we were impressed. Uh, since then, we've definitely seen his uh, greenness, super green, uh, shining through a little bit. But uh, watching Christian Cage run this match, I, I think uh, spoke to, you know, last week I talked about Dax Hardwood. Uh, seeing Christian Cage, uh, you know, my hope is that some of these guys like FTR and Christian Cage are going to take the time to tell these guys, hey, slow the fuck down. Don't let everything be a spot. Um, you can see little things the way he's communicating with Hobbs. And I and I think Hobbs does have that potential, man. Um, let him work on his promos a little bit. Let him keep working in the ring with, you know, these vets. And and let him get some 
in-ring experience, some true in-ring experience. Um, one that is one of the benefactors of having all of this older talent, experienced talent. I hope that it overshadows all the other nonsense, uh, and, and that experience will help build these younger stars so that when these vets go away, uh, you've got a solid talent roster that's capable uh, of running a decent match start to finish. Uh, you know, not just a match, you know, a, a feud, a, you know, an entire storyline. So, you know, there, it, it, as much as we've been shitting on it lately, there is some there are some bright spots. I, I think this was one of them. Uh, that's two weeks in a row that I've had to credit somebody on the AEW roster um, with really elevating talent with their in-ring work. So uh, it's a good sign of things to come, at least I hope. You see, I, I, I do agree with you because with that, you have it, you have your your vets that are there, Big Show, Christian, guys like that, even Christopher Daniels. Um, Christopher may not have been to mm-hmm. the big dance or a lot of the big shows, but he's been around enough to know how to work a match, how to, you know, it doesn't have to be spot fest, you know, spot after spot after spot. And you're right. Christian being in the ring with someone as green as powerhouse Hobbs that slows things down. It teaches him how to work a match. And as far as that goes, you know, it, what is it? I don't want to say it's the inmates running the asylum, but it's almost like you let all these guys who are green to look at. Let's be honest. If you're on cable and you're on at a nighttime primetime thing, whether you're sports entertainment or not, you are still entertaining people. You have to do something that is entertaining. Keep them hooked. Right. All that. They don't. It's just if it's just a spot fest all the time. It makes you stop watching like we have. But when you see some storytelling, you see some actual good working matches, it makes you want to watch more. They started this business, AEW, with not enough veterans, I feel like, to begin with, to teach them the right way. Chris Jericho was all they had. Second place was Cody. After that, everybody else was... All indie talent from across, you know, so it's we shit on it being a WCW, like you said, but maybe it's a step in the right direction. Maybe it's what they need. They need good advisors. Yes, sir. Well, we do know that, you know, we say that's a good time to be a wrestling fan. Well, maybe not all the time, (laughs) but you know when it was a good time back in 96. Let's get in the time machine with Doc Brown. Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. What are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? Will we become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah! You want a war? You're going to get me. Mick Foley is going to win their world title. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. My God, the battle lines have been drawn! The Generation X invades WCW tonight! Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass! Have a nice day! We got you!
First rule in this podcast is that karate is used for self-defense. Second rule, learn rule one. It is time for Monday Night Wars, but with a sprinkle of Sunday because, as we said last week, it's a pay-per-view. It is a pay-per-view week, and wow, so much to uncover when it comes to this pay-per-view alone. I mean, you got one-legged people, you got rape allegations or whatever you want to call it. I mean, it, it gets goddamn witty. So, ODM, run down the card. What happened? Yeah, man, we got uh, April 28th, 1996, In Your House, Good Friends, Better Enemies in Omaha, Nebraska, opens up with Bulldog coming to the ring with Owen Hart and Jim Cornette to take on Jake Roberts. Uh, they also have a lawyer there with them. Uh, and uh, it's basically legal paper saying that Jake's not allowed to bring the snake out. So, naturally, he rips up the papers and just takes the snake out, and Cornette faints in the corner. Fucking brilliant. I love heel manager Jim Cornette. If you haven't guessed that by now, so great to see. Uh, Jake goes to the back, and then he comes out with Ahmed Johnson. So now it's a tag match, and you know Ahmed and uh, British Bulldog have had some heat lately. We just did the uh, arm wrestling match. And uh, so it becomes a tag team match between British Bulldog and Owen versus Jake and Ahmed. Um, great heel work by Bulldog. Uh, when Ahmed comes into the ring, gets tagged in, Bulldog blind tags Owen. He does that a couple times, and Owen just looks at him like, bro, what the fuck? Um, ultimately, Bulldog gets the racket from Cornette, hits uh, Jake with it, and puts on a leg lock. And wins by tap out, which I thought was a really interesting uh, finish, especially for the Bulldog. Uh, so very unique, and it was pretty cool. Uh, tons of heat on Owen and Bulldog watching them leave the arena, just seeing the crowd react to them. That's fucking heel heat, man. Uh, you don't get that anymore. I guess we're all just a bunch of smart marks now, and that kind of heat's gone. Not that way. Yeah, un- unless you're MJF or Ciampa, you know, I mean, it's, it's very far and few between. So it was a good way to open up the show, you know, the spot with the snake in the beginning and Ahmed getting a big pop when he came in. Uh, it was a solid It was a solid intro to the pay-per-view. Yep. He concurs. No complaint on my end. Good match. Okay. All right. I feel like you're saving your energy for something else here. Uh, we had a little. Uh, we had a little. Uh, maybe I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> we had a little bit of a, a segue uh, for a commercial for the WWE Superstar Hotline, showing Mark Marrow and the One Two Three Kid. One Two Three Kid had the worst facials ever. If you just want cringe and laugh, go back and watch just this like thirty second spot. It was fucking horrible. They would have been better off recording them actually having conversations <laughs> instead of filming what clearly was not talking to someone. Yeah, it was it was weird. I miss those. Man, those back in the day where you could chat with someone, you always see like like Shawn Michaels is always one of them that was always back there that you could talk to on the hotline, things like that. Um, I did see a great meme lately because it's it, – Shawn Michaels' biggest opponent has been a computer all these years. Because all these times, you always see him one finger typing all the way back in 96, all the way into even 2021. But, yeah, that being said, horrible promo work, setup, whatever you want to do. Just flash the number at the bottom and say call. (laughs) You know what? You know what the problem was? They didn't have Mean Gene the way they used to. He used to sell that shit. 
Hell yeah. They couldn't do it. Not Doc Hendricks fight. can only do so much, you know. Uh, next up, we had Ultimate Warrior vs. Gold. Because he, he also has to hawk all that fucking merchandise <laughs> later on, too. <laughs> <laughs> Got to save his energy, man. Um, Ultimate Warrior and Goldust for the IC title is next. Uh, Goldust had some random mobster with him, apparently. Unless I, I cannot remember mm-hmm. the backstory correctly, but it basically just looks like a mobster. Um, Goldust immediately powders for like the first two minutes of the match. Um, Warrior ends up taking Marlena's cigar in the director's chair. Um, and they, they tease the whole spot like Warrior's like, oh, yeah, you can have it back. Sit down. Ultimately, Warrior just puts out the cigar in Goldust's hands and lariats him out of the chair. And Goldust per- pulls an Ernie Ladd, and Warrior wins by DQ, does not win the title, and then Warrior squashes the bodyguard. Not much else to report on this one. It was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. Horrible yeah, it was, match. And, and it was about five it minutes too long. It kind of gave you the... Yeah, oh, yeah, and the match was like six minutes. The, <laughs> it was it was horrible. Like it, it made you realize why 96, his run, really was... The, the drizzling shit mm-hmm. it's horrible yep absolutely uh, mm-hmm. but then doc hendrix came out and was like buy the sean michaels <laughs> glasses he did he did he really didn't but <laughs> backstage afterwards was a, a british bulldog trying to get in hbk's dressing room uh they're suggesting that diana's in there and i'm sure we'll learn more about it uh coming up briefly uh after that uh vader was Dirty with diana <laughs> Uh, it was Vader versus Razor Ramon. Um, this one was uh, awkward because it was basically just kind of like the beginning of the click just shitting on Vader. Um, you know, Razor's on his way out. Uh, it's, it's it's no... It looked like Hall or Razor didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Yep, pretty much. Uh, he kicked out of a Vader bomb, which was horrible. That That shouldn't have happened. Um, he tried to reverse a va- another Vader bomb into a Razor's Edge, but he couldn't hold him up, so I guess that was okay. Uh, he tried for a Razor's Edge again, uh, but it got countered into a backdrop and then into a bonsai. Vader gets the pin. Um, Monsoon sets up a match for Yoko versus Vader at the next In Your House, and Cornette cuts a promo talking shit on him. So, I mean, ultimately, it was the right result, but yeah, you're absolutely right. It was a uh, Hall was just like, I don't give a fuck. It wasn't as bad as Ivalice, but... Um, yeah, oh my god. <laughs> Very true on Ivelisse. Uh, Cornette, after ripping a promo on Yoko, when that dude got screaming, man, his voice pitch rivaled, like, that lady who used to be up all night. Like, I mean, he was just fucking so high-pitched of a voice, man. I mean, he's still there nowadays, but he's a little more subdued. Listen to him scream. I was like, motherfucker. Motherfucker. Dude, just listen to him the way he used to be. I was like, that's what makes a really good manager. Someone who's just so whiny and annoying. Or they're sleazy. Like Harvey Whippleman used to be very sleazy, right? right? But Jimmy Hart and Jim Cornette are the two most annoying uh, managers of all time, but they're also two of my favorite managers of all time, probably for that reason. So they do a good job. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 
I didn't write any notes for this. I'm, I'm just going to read the sentence that I wrote down. You can feel free to add on if you want, but I'm not going to say anything else on it. Paul Bearer and Undertaker in cyberspace. I had weird cyberspace promo. That's all I have. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Next, <laughs> the Body Donnas are the tag team championship. Tag team champions uh, with Sonny defeated the Godwins with Hillbilly Jim. Uh, Sunny Heels causes a distraction. The body Don is actually pulls switcheroo. Uh, they did look very similar at this time with the haircuts and the bleach blonde hair, uh, and they win. Um, one of the, the distraction. One of the distractions they did that Sunny win magic like the Bellas. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> except nobody cared there. Actually, nobody cared here either. Uh, one of Sunny's distractions <laughs> was <laughs> one of Sunny's distractions was giving uh, I think it was Phineas a picture a signed picture of Sunny, uh, and after they lost the match, you know he's still holding the picture, and you know Hillbilly and uh, Henry were both like, no, 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 you gotta get rid of that. He's like, okay, okay, and then he like hides it in the slot bucket and walks off. So silly, childish, but you know, <laughs> honestly, that was the best part of the match. I remembered this. I remembered this fondly and where this goes. I'm excited. This I'm, I'm this. I remember Phineas falling in love with Sonny. I forgot about this whole thing. As soon as she gave him the picture, I go, <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh. It's like what they were doing is, I mean, they were basically like, she's playing on him because he's a dumb Southern hick. Like cousin fucker, basically, is what she was like. Deliverance, <laughs> basically deliverance. All right, <laughs> pig fucker. All right. Well, after that, they kind of they do a little uh, short video package for In Your House, which is going to be on May twenty sixth, nineteen ninety six. Uh, two matches are teasing as Marrow versus Triple H, and oh, I'm sorry, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Uh, and Vader versus Yoko, which they kind of already set up earlier in the night. So uh, after that, we did have an interview with the wild man, Mark Marrow and Doc Hendricks. Uh, wild man's still on fire at this point. You know, we kind of talked about it. Uh, fucking great in a ring. And uh, that takes us to the main event. Uh, HBK, the world champ versus Diesel, no holds barred. Uh, Jose Lothario, he's given HBK a, a pep speech pre-match. Uh, Diesel comes out and... You know, I, I love nowadays, uh, I, I don't know if he still does it, but when Big E would come into the ring with New Day, he would throw his ring jacket at Corey Graves. And it was one of those things that they say, yeah, we just try different yep. shit. And, you know, they're, they're good friends with Corey, obviously. So, and it's, and it's great. I wonder if they got it from this, because when Diesel comes into the ring, he throws his ring jacket at Vince. And he was talking shit on Vince, you know. Uh, in a pre pre match interview, so that dissension, him on his way out, you know, you could tell him and Razor just both didn't give a fuck at this point, pretty much. Um, this was one of the rare instances where H B in a bit, yeah, a little bit. Uh, H B K, no flash, no pizzazz on his entrance. He's taken off his ring gear as he's walking to the ring, and he just jump starts this thing. Um, at one point, HBK pulls out the boot off one of the Spanish announcers and starts beating Diesel with it. <laughs> I don't, it was an interesting spot. Eye for an eye, a boot it, for a boot. Hang yeah. on. <laughs> um, Diesel at one point takes his wrist tape off and chokes out the ref uh, and then takes the ref ref's belt and starts whipping HBK and choking him. Hangs Does the hanging over the top rope spot. Um 
and tosses the fink, man. Goes down to ringside and tosses the fink. What's up with that, man? I don't like that. I've never seen Fink take a bump before. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah, let's not... Well, not going to happen again. Um, HBK gets put through a table, and it's awkward, man, because you got to figure this is 96. They don't have iPads, man. They got monitors. They got monitors, and these monitors just fall right on top of Shawn Michaels, dude. It looked... It looked like... If all, like all you could think of is, oh, those corners look pointy, man. <laughs> That's all I could think. Every time. And then, yeah, right, HBK ends up fighting back and uses the fire extinguisher, starts mounting the com- the comeback. And then, um, you know, I'm going to let you finish it off because I know this is your favorite spot. Oh, please, can you describe it? And then I'm going to give you my reaction. Uh, 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 so uh, Louis Vahan, or Louis Vahan, I think it's Louis Vahan, uh, was at ringside, uh, and he has a prosthetic leg. Mm-hmm. So, Diesel decides, huh, chairs, tables, monitors, title belt. Nah, I'll grab this guy's prosthetic leg and beat the shit out of him with that. It was... <laughs> it was outstanding in 96. It was outstanding in 2021. Just seeing the whole <laughs> thing happen, I go, oh my God, it just gives a new meaning to... A one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. (laughs) Odd. It's like he distracted himself because, well, then that was it. Sweet chin music, pretty much, and Sean wins the match. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Um, Is this Diesel's last match? uh, I'm pretty sure it's his last pay-per-view. Okay. Well, I, I, hey, as we're going along doing this, I cannot actually remember, so it's a good thing we're going along week by week because I'm not 100% sure. Exactly, right? But that was the pay-per-view. Yes. Now let's talk about uh, Raw and Nitro. Yikes. All right, here we go. We'll do Raw first. Uh, so this would be April 29th, 1996. Opening match, Mankind versus Bart Gunn. What I like about this match uh, is that this is – this is the genesis of mankind. Full-on psycho, squealing, sadistic laugh, pulling his own hair out. Um, it was mankind. It is the mankind we remember. Uh, I missed it. I missed yeah, seeing Yeah, I know, right? It is, it is referring. And you can see, dude, the bald spots on his head, like where he's literally just ripping his hair out. Like I'm sure they cut some of it like loose so it would stay and he could easily pull it out. Uh, but still, it, it's Mick Foley, so it wouldn't surprise me if he literally just ripped his hair out. Nah, I don't know, man. That dude's psycho yeah, exactly. enough. Uh, b- beyond that, though, this match sucked. It took way too long. It didn't really put over Mankind because Bart Gunn was in it for most of the match. So, yeah, kind of sucked. What didn't yep. suck was them airing the dark match from In Your House, which was Marrow versus the one two three kid Holy crap. What a fucking great match this should have been on the pay-per-view um all i'll say is that at one uh so it was a great match because their styles complemented each other very well one two three kid was laying in some really good kick his spin kicks looked fucking great um other than that it was pretty much triple h coming down stalking sable interfering causing the dq um 
And we're, we're starting, I think, to see this is right about where we're starting to see Hunter Hurst Helmsley turn into DA, DX Triple H. He's starting to make that transition because uh, afterwards, you know, even though he's really hasn't had too much interaction with the one, two, three kid, uh, they both throw up the two sweet. And uh, you, you're starting to see that migration towards that more realistic character. It's starting to take shape. But what a fucking great match. From what it looks like to me right now. Triple H or Hunter Hearst Helmsley. I have a feeling that they're going to push him right here in 96. And I think he's going to probably win the King of the Ring. You know, that's my call. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I'm going to I'm going to refute that. I'm going to say Jake the Snake wins it. Who? <laughs> and here's to that. Oh, that's great timing. Jake was a recovering alcoholic <laughs> at this time. Oh, uh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Oh, well. well uh, so after that, we have uh, an in-ring uh, segment, uh, Crowded Ring. We've got Bulldog, Diana, Cornette, HBK, Jose Lothario, and Vince McMahon. Uh, it basically starts with HBK cutting a promo about him being the champ and being able to take on anybody. Uh, Cornette interrupts, starts accusing HBK of luring Diana to his dressing room, tells this whole story. They show video of how she left ringside. And HBK, Mrs. Smith, please, with all due respect, do not flatter yourself. Fucking great. That's HBK. That's vintage eight heartbreak kid. Fucking great. It deepens the feud that much better with Brett. Yo, you're <laughs> Brett's sister. I wouldn't fuck you. <laughs> oh. oh, Diana slaps him. And, well, I guess we know who wears the pants in the family. And then there's a scrum, and it is what it this is. This is good shit. Yeah. It, it, listen, that line I thought, <laughs> Mrs. Smith. And he drew it out, too. Like, he paused. Like, it took him a lot longer than it should have to say it, but it was so great. Because you knew where he was going. And once he... Oh, right. Uh, after that, we had a backstage... He was good at promos, man. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Oh, and he was real. I mean, and a lot of it was real. It's the MJF thing, right? Like, you're probably yep. a cocky you're a douchebag in real life, too. That's probably why you're so good at it, because you're not acting. You're just being real. You're like, you're making me the man. Yeah, and like I you, am yeah. the man, so fuck it. It worked, man. Um, yeah, we had a backstage promo for Mankind. It was kind of like in the boiler room calling out Taker. They're, we know where they're going with that. We'll talk about it. I'm sure we'll get there. Um, <laughs> and then in your main event, the Ultimate Warrior defeated Isaac Yankum. Mm-hmm. That's really all I have to say. I wrote other notes, but I don't even want to talk about it. It was Warrior's first match on Monday Night Raw. So there's that. I looked at Isaac Yank, Isaac Yank, and I'm like, it's it's gotta be Kane. <laughs> it's gotta be Kane. All right, man. I gotta be honest. Raw sucked. Raw for sucked. Me. Raw sucked. Yep. Nitro, I thought, brought it this week. Agreed. Maybe because they knew that they were up against a live Raw because Raw had to be live coming off of a pay per view. So we already know coming into tonight that we already have a a championship match that's going to be happening in our main event. So Nitro's already kind of pulling some people in. Let's start. Let's talk about how it starts. Fuck yes. 
dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. This whole, this whole, this whole uh, nitro, I think top to bottom, was fantastic. Fantastic, top to bottom, T to B. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but uh, Sting and Lex Luger defend their tag team titles against Harlem Heat. Victorious. I was like, I, I was like, well, I think this is how they're gonna probably take the titles off of them here. There's been dissension between Sting and Luger. No, they retain. Okay, all right. They follow up a tag team match with a tag team match. What a tag team match. Talk about it. Dude, Steiner Brothers and Fire Ice, for those of you not familiar, Fire and Ice is Scotty Norton and Ice Train. Uh, They actually fought against each other to a double count out in February of 96. Uh, And after that, it was kind of like, yeah, you're pretty badass. All right, let's tag up. And they become tag team partners. They become Fire and Ice. Um Ice looked great in this match. It was your 1996 version of Sheamus and Cesaro. Yeah, pretty much, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call. Good call. You get a fucking gold Thank star you. for that one. I don't have a gold star, but. Thank you. Except they weren't, like, the bar. They were not an actual bar. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they like probably could have drank down the bar. People can't see that, bro. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Some things are just for you, bro. Uh, oh, that's cute. Yeah, Ice Train. <laughs> Geisha. Ice Train looked fantastic in this match. Um, Rick hit a German suplex to Ice, which I thought was pretty fucking impressive. Not that we didn't think Rick Steiner was strong, but Ice Train's a big boy. Uh, the finish was a little bit sloppy and convoluted. It was cool to see the Steiner line again. That was really cool. Uh, Ice kicked out. After three and pulled a Hogan, man. It was weird. It's not something I'm used to seeing. I was wondering if it wasn't supposed to happen that way. Like, oh, that's he didn't certainly know possible. He was supposed to, like, maybe he thought we're still go. This isn't the go home. No, I thought you said. You know what? Other thing I, d- I did notice. <laughs> I'm going to cut you off before you can retort. Dickhead. There's no tag ropes. No tag ropes. Go back and check it out. No tag ropes. WCW didn't believe in that. They did believe in throwing someone over the top rope, but (laughs) Jesus. Um, The next next segment I I think is all yours. Uh, I I loved it. It was fucking great. Unless you want me to do it. I mean, I just figured it's one of your favorites. Main event time. Oh, no, no. You just want to get right to the main event. All right. I'll oh, do the rest. Oh, hang on. I skipped event. one. You're right. Go ahead. My bad. My bad. Oh, well, there's a couple. There's a couple. Uh, I forgot so about the parking lot. Flair. Yeah, well, we can, you know, yeah, we can talk about the parking lot. I love that. Uh, mean Gene interviewed Flair and Woman and Liz. Uh, basically, just kind of promo both on Giant and Macho. Uh, best part is Woman flirting with Mean Gene. Uh, so, so fucking great. Watching Mean Gene almost get uncomfortable, and woman's just like rubbing his face and his cheeks, and oh god, it was fucking great. Uh, and then after Which that, is weird because uh, were we not just saying that he was like a creepy fucking rapey dude yep. last week, and now mm-hmm. woman is so goddamn intimidating that he's like, oh boy, I can't do anything. <laughs> yep, that's it, and I think that speaks volumes right there. Yep. Um, 
they do a, a very like quick 30 second spot, maybe even like 15 second spot teasing a new wrestler who is very sub zero esque for Mortal Kombat. That'll bring up some good memories when we get there. I can't wait. Uh, and then, yes, uh, so one more thing. <laughs> He's just shaking his head because <laughs> he knows where we're going. <laughs> I can't wait till it happens. <laughs> I forgot all about it. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> it was, yeah, and oh. weird timing with Mortal Kombat coming out right now again, Coming out too. again, we're, right? <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we have that Sub-Zero going to be debuting. Dude, that's two movies. Dude, that's two movies that have been referenced since we started doing the Monday Night Wars. That just goes to show we're on the right track. We know what we're doing. We're on it. Fuck <laughs> yes. All right. So this one I'll, I'll blow by so you can get to the main event. Uh, I didn't. I I honestly didn't. Never saw this match and wasn't familiar with it. It was Same Lord here. Steven Regal and Belfast Bruiser in a parking lot match. It was convoluted. It was a, a you know garbage death match, whatever you want to call it. But still. Pretty fucking brutal, man. These guys got cut up. Um, there was definitely some blood. Regal one with a pile driver on top of the fucking car. Um, one thing after that uh, spoiled it for me, which is that Belfast Bruiser was up seconds after the pin. He's that tough. Like, basically, he, you know, Regal hits the pile driver. I guess, I guess it was just weird, but, uh, you know, you got cheesy heen and heel. That's why rent a car. And <laughs> you know, we, if you haven't, if, if you're awesome, you know, not familiar with this era and you're listening to this right now and you don't know who the Belfast bruiser is. Fucking fit Finley. Him. And Regal beating the piss out of each other lasted six, seven minutes. All really mattered. You know what I mean? And they beat the living shit out of each other. Real stiff hits. Yep. I thought it was really. Yeah, I was. I was surprised. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There were some potatoes. There were some potatoes. Put a little steak on it, Ike. Sorry, that's liar, liar. All right. God, Irish. The main event. Rick Flair defending. His world title against the Giant. Dude, if no one's ever watched the Giant win this match, you need to see it for so many reasons. Reason number one, the crowd was genuinely shocked. It was a shock pop. Like, they were like, okay, well, when's Savage coming down? Or, you know, when's the coffee getting in here? Nope. Fucking wins. Clean. And pins the Nature Boy after a choke slam. Dude, who better to hand you that title than Ric Flair? Unbelievable. Great way to go off, man. And then the... And uh, me Gene interviews him afterwards in the ring. It was just <sighs> brought me back, man. So yeah, like the, the win itself, great to see. Giants reaction, real. The crowd's pop is just fucking awesome. Nitro brought it this week, man. Two really surprisingly awesome tag matches. A parking lot brawl I never even knew existed in my entire wrestling watching life 
Never knew that that match actually ever happened for some reason. Main event I've seen, but holy shit, man. Great Nitro. They won this week. Yeah, yeah, a thousand percent. Uh, this was hands down the better show. Um, it was great. Woman was screeching every time took, yep. Flair took a bump. Flair did the lotus, loaded fist spot uh, and low blows Giant, and uh, Giant's out, but Flair doesn't go for the pin. He decides to lock in the figure four, ends up being his downfall. Um, yeah, the, I think you summarized it the best. The pop was a surprise pop. Nobody saw it coming. You see on the hard cam, you see the fans, the look on their face like, wait, what the fuck? Yep. Yeah, it's not uncommon to see, you know, at least back then it wasn't uncommon to see a world title match on, you know, a live TV show in the main event. That wasn't that uncommon. Um, but it was, you know, minus WWE maybe in 97, 98, uh, to see the title change hands on TV. Um, you know, and Giant you know, had been around a while at this point. So uh, especially to see it happen with Flair, it was definitely uh, unexpected. Uh, other than that, the only thing I had written down was the giant was so excited that Mean Gene was wiping his spit off of his face when he was doing the interview. He used to spit a lot. When but as we discussed talked. it last, yeah, <laughs> this was uh, this was the first turn for the giant. He was a de facto baby face, and, you know, he got a good pop. This was his first turn. Um, let's see how long it lasts. I have a funny feeling it's going to be about seven days. <laughs> he did it that morning, <laughs> that next Tuesday morning. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You know, I will say that the, like I said, you know, overall the whole show was outstanding. One of my favorite things is... You're right. He didn't go for the. It, it was how the match ended. The finish was outstanding. He had him, could have pinned him, but instead goes for that figure four. And when he's in the figure four, yep. Giant pops up and puts the choke slam maneuver on while yes. in the figure four to stand him up. I was like, oh shit. It was great just to rewatch all of it. Um,. I it, yeah, they, go Nitro. Nitro, I think, was better than both Raw and the pay per view. Yeah, yeah, hands down, those tag matches were both fantastic. I mean, listen, the first one between uh, it was right. Sting and Luger and Harlem Heat was okay. Um, it, it was great that it started with Sting and Booker T. Yeah, because uh, I mean, those are really let's be honest, those are the two. Yeah, right. Those are the two. Uh, and, and they pretty much kept it to that. There was the spot where Jimmy Hart tried to throw in the towel for some reason, and Stevie Ray power slams Jimmy Hart from outside the ring on the floor into the ring, um, which was impressive. But, uh, yeah, just being able to see the Steiners in action was fucking great. So good. Yep, absolutely. And like I said, fire and ice weren't that bad, man. They were solid. No, you knew they were put out there to work. That They were like, we because – the first match really wasn't yeah. that long, you know, between uh, Sting, Luger, and Harlem Heat. No. This one was it went a while, which is they were like, "Look, we need you guys to stretch us out all the way until Giant goes and wins the title." Thanks, yeah. and they did a good job. <laughs> well, I'm excited, man, that we're going to keep it going next week. Of course, you know it's the old joke. It's gonna be May. That's right. Next week we're in May, and we're going to be talking about. Whew, man, have you began watch any of this yet? What's that? Oh, wait a minute. I got to look. I, I don't even know. Oh, dude. 
SmackDown. Yeah, it's going to be a good week. Ladies and gentlemen. Impressions are going to come into play with that one. Oh, I can't wait. Well, this week, we we brought you uh, NWA's good, sh- good shit. Next week, we're back with a top topic. This one is, as promised, yeah, the top 25 defunct TV shows. I'm going to go ahead and say that. And I don't mean like Cheers and Friends and Seinfeld. <laughs> I'm talking about wrestling shows. Uh, it, it, it's going to be a, an interesting countdown to see if it's to be, is it a real list like the absolute top one that's that was the best of all time that's no longer here? I'd put money on its Nitro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's no other show has ever been as missed as probably WCW Nitro. Or at least that's how I feel right now with nostalgia of going through and reliving the Monday Night Wars, which we'll be doing next week. And also, we'll be back with another movie. But, of course, we leave you here on the Top of Wrestling Podcast with a movie quote from this week. Uh... Oh, man. Let's see. By the way, let's just say this. Your Finn Balor was pretty fucking good, dude. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was pretty spot on. God, I'm Irish. But <laughs> see, now here's the other thing. Do I do I do I go on anything that maybe you've already done in the past or do I go with something brand new that you've never done? Like, you know, I thought about, you know, we just talked about the Steiner brothers. I thought about maybe having you do Scotty, but I think I'm going to hold off on that. I don't even know what quote you're going to go with, but I can't let's wait. See, <laughs> I can't think of one. No, ladies and gentlemen, ODM is going to leave us with a movie quote as Rowdy Roddy Piper. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Oh, that doesn't sound God. like it at all. Uh, <laughs> wow you came out of left field on this one you i was just gotta... gonna sing chicago and call it a day but i might have to to revamp this one um <laughs> <laughs> no. all right fine no, take no, us out no, with chicago no, as vince no. mcmahon <laughs> You know what? I'll do that one after. I'll do that one after. Um, It's blood. So what? Make believe it's his. This guy wants to break you, humiliate you, stomp him into the ground. Now, what are you going to do about it? That was fucking horrible. Wow. I can't believe it. (laughs) But but we'll go with this, too. We'll go with this. (laughs) It's good shit. You know what? I am a man who will fight for your honor. I'll be the hero you're dreaming of. We'll live forever knowing together that we did it all for the glory of law. Like a night in shining armor. <laughs> The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are the Professor Mark Fantasia 
and ODM Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing the Analyst Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopwrestling at gmail.com.